0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: In '86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time, the Babysitter's
0: Club. Oh,
2: wow, Katie, Ariana, that was great. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Great. That was You've... such a fun, great segment we just had.
0: Oh, wow. You've got it all so, so, so wrong. So what do you wrong. mean? We haven't introduced the show. We haven't told the Baby Nation that it's a mystery. We haven't told the Baby Nation that a mystery involves an interview. We haven't told that the interview today is with Katie and Ariana. And we haven't done the interview yet. Huh. We haven't thrown to it yet.
2: I'm confused because it's all, I know, like, we don't record. Our parts of the episode at the same time as when we talk to our guests, but right. I get very confused about like what the timeline is and where stuff falls. Yeah, because we haven't talked to them yet. We are going to talk to them first, but Ariana was out with a cold, so we're talking to them in a couple days.
0: Yeah, Ariana. So... But so now, does so has that happened already? Well, here's what I can tell you. No, it hasn't happened already. It will have happened uh, by the time we release this episode.
2: Great. We're not the only ones who read a book today. Yeah, uh, K- K- as as mentioned, uh, Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini.
0: Uh, Katie Haney and Ariana Rebelini. Authors have have joined us. Are joining us? They're are with us now. Okay, here's what here's what happened. Have joined us. Let me say it. Uh. Katie Haney. And Ariana Rebellini. Their names are starting to sound strange to me. Authors of the hit novel. Did we get it wrong? Is it Katie Rebellini and
2: Ariana Haney? I can't remember now. We've said it so many times uh, now.
0: Yeah, no. uh, You're getting it wrong. Uh I keep getting it right. I consistently get it right. You get it wrong by interrupting me. Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini. Authors of the hit novel, Pubic Relations.
2: (laughs) Got him. (laughs) It sounds Woo. good, doesn't it? Yeah, hear that, kid. It's, it's. I think it's kind of appropriate for the, the yeah. tenor of the story as well, which is about uh, a young woman who falls in love with a handsome British
0: pop star. Their novel, which I'm reading at the moment, has been described as the book equivalent of doing sex on Harry Styles himself and also Frenching with him, where everyone has their underpants off. Who said that? Uh, that's uh, that's my review of it so far. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Uh, so they they have been on the show. They will
2: be on the show, and they currently are on the show. They are uh, timeless. They exist in all moments. They're like <laughs> Doctor Manhattan from <laughs> The Watchmen. Uh huh. <laughs> they have been here. They always will be here.
0: Right now, I think they're just they're just kind of watching over us. Yeah, from afar. Right. At some and point, this is,
2: this is all kind of assuming that we're going to be able to get our shit together well enough to actually record their voices onto digital audio.
0: I think well here I'm going to I'm going to burst that bubble for you a little bit. I okay. think that is highly unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Given our recent audio problems of having two humans talk to each other, introducing two timeless beings right. into that mix? Yeah. I think it's very unlikely that we're going to actually lay down any uh, usable audio from their interview.
2: We're going to throw to them and it's just going to sound like a beautiful symphony a choir of a thousand (laughs) angelic voices all singing at once (laughs) and like we'll have to fine-tune our instruments
0: to like (laughs) see if we can pick up their actual like human voices (laughs) um yeah that's beautiful should we just practice what's the most perfect note e-flat you want should we both do it just do an e-flat i think we should both sing a few
2: notes and then i'll layer them together in post Okay. okay okay good so you go a few notes first Hi
0: hi, 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 and, and welcome. welcome.
2: And we'll layer all that together. It'll be beautiful. Okay,
0: so you're going to use audio wizardry, because I think this is your edit, to make us sound roughly equivalent to the angelic choir yeah. that is also going to be the sound of Katie and ariana that's
2: yeah i think for very very good measure and this is overkill but i think it's going to be necessary because i know us well enough to know that our audio is going to sound awful and i'm extremely sorry for that baby nation we try our best but we just can't figure out
0: how to record more than two people at once we're very sorry we're very sorry we love you and we kiss you
2: it's going to sound bad but just in case as insurance should Mm -hmm. we conduct the entire interview now as kind of a dry run okay uh and you be katie
0: okay And I'll be Ariana. I was trying to inhabit the role of Katie Haney. She's a very complicated woman and author of a hit novel. So I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that I can do that, but I can try. She's taller than you. She's twice
2: my height. Um, If her recent social media is any indication, she's a big fan of Millennial Pink. Millennial
0: pink. What's that? Oh, the it's a
2: new shade of pink that millennials invented. Okay, I can use it's that. It's beautiful. It's almost like beyond the spectrum of what we're
0: capable of seeing. Okay, good. I'm going to use that tall millennial pink. Are we also going to do us in this? Because that's going to get very complicated. I think so. Let's give it a, a test run. Uh, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club
2: Club. My name is Tanner Greenring, and with me today I have uh, Katie Haney. Uh, Katie Haney, how are you doing today? I think it's going yeah. to be hard for me to do me and Katie. Here, you do me, and I'll tell you. I'll show you kind of like where I think I'm going to come from. You want me to be you? No, you. I, yeah, and I'll be Ariana. Okay. Uh, hi, hot. Oh, sorry.
0: Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club. This is Ta- uh, Tanner. Uh, I'm here with uh, Ariana Rebellini. Hello. <laughs> oh, you sound. Uh, you sound pretty angelic, Ariana. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, this is Jack. I'm also here. Uh,
1: right, I'll be, I'll
2: be you. And, okay.
0: Uh, and and this is Jack.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you both for being on our show. <laughs> uh, Katie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello
2: this is the sound of the purest
1: millennial pink from the highest of heights.
2: <laughs> that's good. I th- I'm gonna run that through like a, uh some filters and make it yeah. just sound really beautiful and celestial.
0: Okay, good. You think that's enough material uh for us to cover the entire interview portion? If you say some like key
2: phrases, okay, uh, I can probably patch together an entire right. episode I'll- from that.
0: Pubic relations. Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: <laughs> Just say it. I'm a Christie. All <laughs> oh, right.
0: I'm a real Christie.
2: <laughs> I think we got it. You think we got it? I'm gonna call them right now and cancel. Or I will have called them in the past and canceled.
0: Well, you will have Baby Nation. If what you heard sounded like a lot of uh, beautiful, beautiful angels singing. It could have been us, but it may mean that, in fact, we didn't use this last little piece of material, and we got the full interview with Katie and Ariana. We managed
2: to capture them in a in temporal form. In a temporal form. Right. Good, that's do so you know, complicated. Do you want to... You know what else is complicated? What? We have to talk about this book now, and then oh, yeah. talk about it again, or we will have talked about it already.
0: Ugh. Ooh. Uh, let's introduce this fucking podcast. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of Prince and Zone, Princess, Anne Matthews Martin, Soul Skinner, Bat Bane, Storm Walker, Sanctified. This week, Baby Nation, uh, we're doing something a little different. It's not as different as the last time we did this, because the last time we did this was the first time we did this. But it was such a roaring success that we're fucking right back in the saddle. We're doing it again. We are reading a Babysitter's Club mystery. Mystery. Last time we did this, uh,
2: we also, it was with our friends Holland and Kelsey, and we appeared on their show, Whatever It Takes, a Degrassi podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Katie and Ariana did not invite us to co-author their book with them. Right. So,
0: but I think this is just kind of a one way street this time. I think that like there's there's a there's a quid pro quo with these things, and so oh, they're going to share some of the profit. We're doing the quid, and they'll figure out what the pro quo is. I think maybe it means that we get rights to co-author their next book with them, no matter what, or we get to choose to help co-author. Four person co-author seems unwieldy. Yeah, it's going to be unpleasant. It's going to be bad. Um,
2: Can we just take, like, let's say, four points off the back end? Two for you, two for me. Okay. You think Uh, they'd agree to that?
0: Off of their hit novel.
2: Katie and Ariana, if you agree to us taking four points off the back end of your hit novel, Mm -hmm. uh, now you do your Katie. Yes, we agree.
0: That sounds like that we'll sounds just... like that's a, a sealed deal. And now that you have sealed that deal, Katie and Ariana, as two co-authors ourselves, Tanner and I have a book, Baby Nation. I can tell you a little uh, industry secret: four points on the back end is basically all you're going to fucking get. Not that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we got all of their points. Their
2: book is already uh, massively more popular. Than- <laughs> They're more popular than we are, and their book is more popular than our book ever was. Yeah, that's probably true. So I
0: think we're going to make a tidy sum off of four points on the back end. This feels good. This feels good.
2: What were we doing? We talk about a book. We still
0: haven't said what the book is. It's a Babysitter's Club mystery. I haven't said the fact that uh, when we do a mystery, that means we do an interview. That's what all this fucking interview talk is about. We
2: have guests. We have guests. We don't interview them. We make them read the book, and we make them participate. Yeah,
0: good. All right, we have we have guests. Um it's a ménage à quatre when we do a mystery. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> My wife's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we read a mystery, we we bring some folks on uh, to to who are fans of the Babysitters Club franchise uh, to to give their unique take. We're gonna throw this is a technical term. We're gonna throw to that interview a little bit later. First, I'm gonna tell you what the mystery is. It's M- Babysitters Club Mystery Number Two. Beware, Dawn. Uh, it's a scary one. It's a very very scary one.
2: Beware, Dawn. There's an It's Babysitters Club Mystery Number Two. Katie and Ariana read it. They'll talk about what they got out of the book a little later. But first, we'll talk about what we got out of the book.
0: Oh, wait, now. we describe
2: it. We'll describe it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So what, what we'll do is I'll describe the book and then you describe the book, right? Just like we do in uh, yeah. uh, the regular podcast. I think that's fine. Uh, continuing uh, a now-hallowed tradition from when we do Babysitter's Club Mysteries, Tanner. I didn't have a lot of fucking time today to write a pithy eloquent description of this novel oh oh jack 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 yeah i don't need your fucking excuses it's not an excuse it's an explanation uh so what i did uh was i took someone else's work and uh, slotted look in. At,
2: look at my face. Look how skeptical I am.
0: Yeah, you t- I, can, I can confirm that Tanner looks pretty fucking skeptical. I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to be surprised at how well this works. What I did uh, when I realized that the the day was coming to a close and I hadn't written a description of this book and I was rushing home to come and, and talk to you, my, my dear friend. Uh, and I didn't want to keep you waiting, is I grabbed the IMDb write-up of the 2007 film Zodiac. Okay. About the Zodiac killer. Right. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's good. I haven't seen it either, uh, but it, it fit the bill, and I just I, I substituted babysitter names. So can we just do that, and then we'll have you fill in the details? Yeah. All right. I'm going to begin describing this book now. In the early 1990s, fear grips the city of Stony Brook as a dangerous criminal called Mr. X stalks its residents. Investigators Don Schaefer, Claudia Kishi, and Jesse Ramsey become obsessed with learning the criminal's identity and bringing him to justice. Meanwhile, Mr. X claims victim after victim and taunts the babysitters with cryptic messages, ciphers, and menacing phone calls. Beware, Dawn.
2: It seemed a little like you didn't, like you just were kind of reading that for the first time. You didn't really patch the names or locations in yet. Yeah.
0: And you kind of had to do it (laughs) on the fly. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit, but uh, do you or do you not agree that it, that is actually maybe a 100% accurate description of this novel? It was pretty accurate. I was only about, 30% 30% paying <laughs> Do you – what happens? What happens? Is it that? Is it that you get bored or is it that you, you start – you're like, oh, shit, I'm up next? Um, should I do the book now too? Mm. Should I do it better? Okay, good. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this very big and very bad clock, and I'm going to have you describe the book. Fine. Okay. You ready to start? Let's start now. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Don, um, the,
2: so the babysitters catch wind of this competition happening, all the – so their charges are doing the best babysitter of the month awards where they give out an award for the best babysitter. Uh they all get very competitive with one another. It's a competition. It's a it's an adversarial book. Uh and they all start kind of getting at each other's throats and trying to prove they're the best babysitter. Meanwhile, Dawn starts to receive these uh threatening uh phone calls and notes while she's babysitting. Uh she picks up the phone and no one's there. It's just like Phantom Phone caller all over again. And there are these like uh, ransom notes outside the houses of all the places that the babysitters are babysitting. That say like, "You're gonna die, babysitters." Signed, Mr. X. Uh, let's see. God, what else happens? Um, Jesse gets a bouquet of roses with the heads cut off, and it turns out that it was that little boy Mel, who's only ever been mentioned once. He's a bully, and he got in trouble because the girls told on him for calling the Hobarts crocs,
0: and he did this out of revenge. Time, killer man, you killed it. You look. I've never seen Danner look so prideful. You look like you know you fucking killed it. Yeah, I'm hard as a rock right now. <laughs> that's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's how, what I was hoping to hear. Yeah. About what, how you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's confirming it for me now over <laughs> Skype. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's nice. That's good. That's good to know. i got it
2: all yeah you got it all i like these mysteries man
0: oh man it's good clean babysitting fun it's good clean babysitting fun i love them everyone's just having a good time everyone's having a blast and they're like they're like a thousand times more chill in a regular babysitters or the books the babysitters like in a regular babysitters club book if christy realizes that This week, she has more homework than she can handle. It's like a fucking, like, all-hands-on-deck crisis, you know? Right. And they all get in a big fight, and tensions flare, and, like, the BSC almost dissolves. And then you get a mystery, and it's like, a serial killer is, like, cutting off dolls' heads and leaving them on your front doorstep and calling you and doing heavy breathing. And everyone's like, ah, it seems cool. We'll probably work this out together. I kind of have this theory that the mysteries are an
2: alternate like timeline or universe.
0: Yeah, that's what we decided in the first book. I feel like it's substantiated in the second. There
2: are all these like these new characters. Like there was that Auntie Jackie in the last one. Yeah, Joey Conklin.
0: In this one they snuck
2: this like new boy in right at the end. Did you catch him? Uh-uh. Who? Uh, An explosion of giggles was her only answer. I opened the door. A crowd of kids was in the hallway looking at me with mischievous smiles. Jamie Newton was there and Nikki Pike and Charlotte and Becca. I saw David Michael and Jackie Radowski. The Pike triplets were on their way up the stairs and Adam was shouting, wait for us. Even Zach Wolfson was there. What? Who? No one. It's like there's all these like new babies. Uh, Christy is like, like remarkably laid back. Yeah. Two different meetings in this book. She lets the clock go past five thirty. Oh yeah, she's totally. Like giggling and having fun with the the babysitters.
0: Yeah, I think this is we've discussed in the in the previous Babysitters Club mystery that this is probably an alternate timeline.
2: This is like Earth Two, right? Yeah.
0: And I think that yeah, these are different babysitters. Like Christy is just like it's like what if Christy, but like a little bit more cool. Right. Um, hey, you know what we should do, Tanner? We should we should throw to our soon to be had interview.
2: Katie uh, and uh, Katie, Rebelini, Ariana, Haney. Uh, do you do you guys do your do your damn thing? You guys oh, lay down. Hang on. Um, you guys put your th- thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> they're it's not
0: here. Yeah, bro. That was actually really good, Missy Elliott backwards. <laughs> That was okay. So, you did one thing right. You did one thing wrong. The thing you did right, and I'm gonna. It's this is what's called a compliment sandwich. The thing you did right is you fucking did a killer Missy Elliott backwards impression. That's thank you very, very good. The thing you did wrong is Katie and Ariana are not here. What we're gonna do is. We're going to throw – it's called – it's a It's a audio – it's a radio term called throwing to the interview. So we're going th- to – I'm going to throw to the an interview. interview.
2: It's not an interview. It's just a guest appearance.
0: Okay. Throwing to the guest appearance. Okay.
2: Th- I take that note of criticism. I accept it. And I'll okay. incorporate it into, into my future takes at this. Oh, wait.
0: I got to do another compliment sandwich. And then you have to um, do another compliment. That's all right. You are very nice.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> That's called pubic relations. <laughs> Uh, Do you well, think Katie and Ariana are going to like the fact that we've called their fucking hit book That they probably spent a long time working on pubic relations instead of public relations <laughs> We have yet to call it by its real name The, the book is actually called public relations It's called public
2: relations <laughs> It's called public relations Katie, Ariana, how did you get into that um, role? Tanner, they're not here They're oh, not oh, physically oh. present Wait, 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 wait She also to She to
0: I'm gonna to throw to the guest appearance by our good friends Katie and Ariana. Um, coming right up now. I don't know how to do it. Coming right up now <laughs> is our interview that we will have. Katie had. and
2: Ariana no, no. are gonna put their thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> Katie and throw Ariana, it to you two. You have lip. <laughs> How's Austin? It's good. It's dope. Tanner, you're
1: moving there.
0: No, never. <laughs> yeah, um, Tanner says he'll move here if he can get a goat, which I think is more likely here than in Brooklyn. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: sure. Two goats. <laughs> Two goats. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> well, they um, goats are great because they'll you don't have to mow your lawn, then goats do it for you. Is what I hear. See,
0: that's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's awesome.
1: They do the landscaping.
0: Yeah, you can just like that's everyone in Austin just rides around on a goat. <laughs> shirtless, drinking a Shiner Bock mo- and mowing their lawn with the goat.
1: What a dream. It's
0: fucking dope.
1: <laughs> well, we're excited to talk about this book.
0: Yeah, we're excited to talk about your hit book, Public Relations. Oh,
1: my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: I'm reading it.
1: Are you oh, really?
0: Yeah, I'm reading a what's called a galley copy. Oh, okay. oh you couldn't even be bothered to buy it, huh, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> way, to support our, way to support our friends. <laughs>
1: Well, that is the one that I drunkenly signed for
0: you. Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm reading.
1: Nice.
0: You know what my book says inside it on the first page, Tanner? What? It, this book couldn't have happened without you.
1: It's true. Jack hired me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mine's not
2: even signed.
1: <laughs> I was sentimental and drunk, and it was Jack's going away.
2: <laughs> Jack, I'm in Austin with you currently.
0: In- yeah, in another room, though, so you may as well not be. <laughs> Katie and
2: Ariana, you guys are back in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Literal feet away from my old apartment, my old life in Brooklyn.
1: Actually, that's are not true, we'll not true anymore. We are in... Yeah, we're in...
0: Oh, don't, sorry. don't triangulate.
1: Don't, triangulate. Sorry, I don't like, triangulate.
0: Baby Nation will track you down.
1: <laughs> yeah, knocking on my door. Um, but yeah, so a little, you know... We're, yeah, we're in Brooklyn. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on. We've not we've not had uh, successful novelists on our oh. podcast before, so this is a first.
1: <laughs> well, um, no, we're thrilled. We're excited to you know, lend our um, novelist expertise to these works of art, you know.
0: Yeah, well, Katie already uh, weighed in with a B grade for this book. Yeah. over email. Oh, I thought so. you were going to
1: make that public. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh,
0: do want to speak
2: to that? We, we, we're we transparent on Babysitter's Club, yeah. Club. No,
1: it was good. It was good. It was, you know, I read these all when I was a kid. I'm sure I would have given it an effusive A-plus at yes. that time. Um, yeah. But no, it was, it was solid. It was nice because I'm pretty sure I did read this one when I was younger. But I think that I must have had a lot more lenience for – the unique um, narrative structure, the perspective I'm sorry to like jump right into it, but like it's that's a lot of detail that Dawn seems to recall from stories that like Claudia told her. Yeah. You know? So I was like, oh okay, that's how someone she told me later. She told me later that she felt scared. It's like, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, you write the notebook.
2: There's a chance, and maybe this is what you're pitching, that these girls all share one kind of hive mind.
1: it, it does seem likely, honestly, I think.
2: Is that how bees communicate? <laughs> I think so.
0: I think they waggle their butts. Oh. And, and they, they, have, they, like... they have like a diary where they write in right, about right, like right. pollen collection. And then they can <laughs> understand, they can see inside each other's minds. I think so.
1: I think she said. Okay. so-and-so told me later. But she's saying that so we don't think it's weird that she already knew and felt all of the other girls' right. feelings. Right, right. Like almost like a, I, I mean, yeah, she told me that. You know, not like yeah. I knew intuitively. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well and it's like the babysitter and club notebook must be really extensive.
1: Takes them hours to fill out after every job, I imagine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like reading it, especially if it's a Claudia entry, it's got to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I always get confused when they do those double entries where they like
2: write on the page together yeah. at the same time. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's how we Yeah, wrote that our- shit
0: does not work. Oh, that's how you wrote your book?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like writing over <laughs> each other. Yeah. Like she wrote page three. I re- wrote page four right next to her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't read page three first. You no, just like,
1: I just, I just went for it. Yeah. I'm
0: glad to know that. Cause it is a thing that I've been thinking as I'm reading your book. It's like being mm-hmm. like, which, which part is Katie, which part is Ariana? Is there a secret to it? Or is it just like, is it now so much the both of you that it melds into each other?
1: Uh, the latter I hope. And I think, um, I think we sound, we have very similar voices, and for the most part, we can remember who wrote what, but there are parts where we're not so sure ourselves. Yeah, we tried to, like, we experimented a little bit. So at first, we were writing, like, chapter by chapter, but then we didn't want such a clean break. So we were doing kind of just, like, arbitrary, like, I don't know, 3,000 words, and then you pass it back. But now we've both been over it so many times that literally I was like, oh, this paragraph that you wrote, and she was like, I thought you wrote that. It's, we don't really remember.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, yeah. it f- it feels seamless, so that's okay. important. So, so Ariana, you also give this a B? This novel. I would, I would say
1: I'd give it a B as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. I'm.
2: Yeah, I like these mysteries a lot too. I think it's a good. So we we've already talked about this book a little, and we've discussed the idea that these mystery books are an else world. Mm, okay. That they're kind of like an alternate universe to the main Babysitter's Club storyline. And I like what they're doing with them. They they kind of strip out all of the teen drama and all of the uh, fighting between 13-year-old girls. And they turn it into um, paranormal, spooky intrigue yeah
1: right and the drama between girls and fighting is i think what i most prefer to read about so i think that's why it's tough like-,
0: like we just we just read a book uh, for an upcoming episode called dawn's family feud and it's it's just i just can't like i am grown so close to these girls i just can't handle it when they fight yeah. anymore and like dawn and marianne are just at each other's throats the whole way through the book and it's it's not fun to read
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah well um, not the a 13 year old girl though you know that's true I was nervous you know when they were talking about like we can't we can't compete again you know like we don't want to compete again and I I thought it was interesting is like I feel like the babysitters club has a very specific idea of what competing means and it (laughs) it only means like like just backstabbing each other like they're like Competing is off limits, and then someone would be like, "Well, I'm going to try to be a good babysitter," and they're like, "That's competing. Don't do it." Try (laughs) to win a competition, like yeah. And that was an uh, and Christy's fooling nobody. She's obviously trying very hard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm
2: not. Do you think Christy was maybe the mastermind behind this whole mystery to begin with?
1: I got worried for a minute there when they said like, "Oh, she's acting a little weird," and like not alarmed enough but i sort of think that that was more just her controlling nature and she doesn't want to let the other sitters see that she's nervous because she knows that she needs to be sort of strong for all of them mm-hmm.
2: i think the true villains are the children of stony brook who set up this like machiavellian contest mm-hmm. oh, to, to find and declare the greatest babysitter yeah,
1: i'm wondering so if you guys caught this and forgive me if you guys already discussed it, but brain chapter one, when Dawn is babysitting and she's talking about like them playing in the yard. And she says the boys were in a circle, passing a soccer ball back and forth in some complicated pattern that I didn't quite understand. And that was like, that's like dark shit. Like that was like, you a think rit-
0: it was a pentagram?
1: Absolutely. Like that was like some ritualistic pattern here. Um, Right off the bat. So I definitely agree. I think like the kids are the masterminds of this. It
2: was like Lovecraftian. Yeah. Like the pattern was so complex that like her
0: human mind couldn't conceive yeah, like, it. I don't
1: know. I can, I can conceive enough that there is something going on, but I couldn't tell you what it means.
0: And that's what manifested this Mr. X character.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: Um, I know that like the interpretation that Anne leads you to is that Mr. X is this guy Mel Tucker. Mm-hmm. This child, um, I do think, having read a number of these, that when you introduce someone like Mr. X, there are definitely a number of different possible interpretations for who or what Mr. X is. Um, I think it's possible that it's Christy, honestly.
1: Huh.
0: I think that in some ways it's also, like, it's a, it's a metaphor for their hubris. Mm. Like, Mr. X is the manifestation of... Like the overweening pride that these babysitters have in like wanting to win the sitter of the month competition, which is like the real tension there is like they let that desire, that ambition, that vauntless ambition get in the way of what they should be caring about, which is babysitting. That makes sense to me. It's
2: their it's their collective dark passengers. Right. Made real. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. I um the doll thing. What yeah, there was. Good, did you guys talk about doll theory already?
0: No, no we didn't. We did. but yeah, so somebody is killing dolls.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that, this book. And decapitating them, and I don't think that that head was ever found. No, they never followed up on that. Where's the head?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I've got a I've got a passage for for Baby oh. Nation. Just then, the doorbell rang. Aha, I had a feeling it wasn't Avon calling, if you know what I mean. I made a mad dash for the door, hoping to catch Mr. X in the act, but he was too quick for me. By the time I threw the door open, nobody was there. (laughs) Nobody, that is, except Lucy's doll. And Lucy's doll was missing her head. That is some dark, dark shit.
1: It really is. Mr. X was very heavy. I was surprised. I couldn't, I didn't remember it being so sinister. But to wipe baked beans all over someone's entryway is really messed up. Yeah. That's messed up.
2: That was very visceral to me because, like, growing up, we had a wooden deck as well. And it's like, I was thinking about that. And, like, baked beans would get between each of those slots.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
2: it would just be, like, impossible to clean out.
1: Yeah. Also, like, how many. Baked beans? Would you need like to cover an entire deck? Like, I, it just—it's really. It's- I think it's interesting that you guys think that Mr. X is sort of like there themselves. I sort of read him almost as like a Reddit pickup artist <laughs> <laughs> because he first was like best wishes from your secret admirer, and then he's mm-hmm. like he's noticing that the girls do not respond the way that he wants them to, and he starts nagging them and leaving them these like ostensibly present but he wants to like confuse them and mess Mm -hmm. with their minds and he doesn't like to see women succeeding in this competition of good babysitting
0: that makes a ton of sense um yeah in the like pickup artist books that i've read it's uh (laughs) like they say compliments first then uh baked beans (laughs) um, and then if that doesn't work the the Fastest way to a girl's heart is a headless doll on the doorstep.
1: I mean, who among us has not <laughs> been won over? By a <laughs> Yeah. Well, because also, and and this was something that I thought was an interesting uh, thorough line was, was this idea of, like, the girls blaming themselves, which is a very victim-blaming kind of thing, which also fits in the yeah. pickup artists that they consistently were like, this means I'm a bad babysitter, that this, like, fucking Mr. X is doing creepy shit like yes, and they're like it's our fault it's yeah not you. it's him it's him they're turning against each other he wants you to turn against each other
2: god jack and i are just cogs in this machine because our first instinct was to blame these girls yeah,
1: for yeah, this for
0: cool. this persona that they created <laughs> oh wow. yeah we're caught up in it
1: i thought it was very sweet when christy was like marianne this is not your fault because they all thought it was their fault which is so weird
0: yeah, well, and they also didn't, like, share with each other that it was happening.
1: Oh, uh, that, okay, that's why I was going to say that. It has to be maybe the main reason I gave this a B and not an A, is I hate plots that rely on people who talk to each other all the time not talking to each other. It's like this just doesn't, like, you have hours and hours they pour into these reports they meet each other constantly and nobody thinks that they should bring this up. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) I
0: agree generally. And I think like, that's, it's like the Dumbledore problem where it's like, why don't you just fucking tell Dumbledore dudes, like it's going to be a lot easier, but in these books, and this is like, I'm, I've read enough of them now that like that, the fact that that didn't happen means that Anne has some ulterior motive. Like there's a reason they're not talking to each other. It's not expressed. Um, but I don't know, like it may have something to do with this like pentagramic ritual. It may have something to do with uh, like their their rivalry. Um, but there's there's there is something behind. Yeah. Uh, what, well, this like, is an
2: else world, too. So it's yeah. like
0: maybe these girls
2: just aren't as close of friends in this universe.
1: I do. I do like the else world theory. I mean, I think it it answers some questions then and like feeds into their distrust of each other. Um, yeah. Can I ask a question? Um, how do you feel about Let's All Come In?
2: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let's All Come In. We're still trying in. to wrap our heads around the rules.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, It I just comes think,
0: up a lot.
1: Okay. It's just, you know, I mean, I feel like the game sounds fun, but, like, that's a bad name. Like, Let's All Come In. I don't know. That's, just, yeah, it did not go at all the direction I thought yeah, it was going. Yeah, yeah.
0: It sounds like the name of, a like, a British sitcom about a hotel. <laughs>
1: Come
0: in. I mean, it's also something that you would say at the beginning of a seance. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: you're right. You guys are experts in the um, dark arts, the other side, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe that is why I immediately was like, oh, a complicated pattern. Yeah. Um, is, is that uh, what
0: you say to ghosts when you try to communicate okay. with them?
1: Close enough. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, for Baby Nation, let's all come in is a game that has recurred a number of times in these novels, but it, it's it's a game that Karen Brewer has invented, uh, where they all pretend to be in a ho- guests at a hotel. But I do think that it tends to coincide with like some weird shit happening. Like they open the doors by saying mm-hmm. let's all come in, and then next thing you know, there's like like dead dolls on your doorstep.
1: I think that the problem here is that let's all come in. Anyone who does a cult witchcraft kind of things, you know if you're opening a door, you need to close it. You need a closing ceremony. And there uh, is no, there's no let's all get out. No. Like they yeah. just, that's it. It's open and and you've there's just havoc that you've welcomed into the world and you have not been like, okay, that's all bye. Like anytime you're doing a ceremony, You're like, thank you for your time, spirits. It's Um, the same way where if you suspect you have a ghost in your house, you're supposed to ask it kindly to leave. Yeah, like, please, thank you. I appreciate you coming, but I would like you to leave now. And And then they'll go. Yeah, and then they go. They're fine. But they didn't do it.
0: I was going to say, let's all get out does feel a little peremptory. Like, if you said (laughs) that after a dinner party or something, it would feel, (laughs) feel rude.
1: Let's all get out. Um, like, <laughs> hey, let's all get out.
2: <laughs> if Karen, if every time Karen has, has played a game of let's all come in, she's opened up a portal and invited a being into our universe. That would make sense why these books have progressively gotten weirder and weirder. Maybe
1: it's let's all go home, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that's all, fine. Uh, say goodbye. <laughs> go back where you came
0: from. <laughs> this dinner party is over.
1: It's over. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that's, I like that. I like thinking of it as an occult. Mr. X is a dark name. I felt like it was implied by calling him several names, including Mr. X and nobody and whatever, that it's definitely a network and not an individual. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, this like babysitter of the month thing that they dreamed up, it's just the kids. I didn't even understand.
1: I don't either. Like it's- what the
0: competition is. It's not going to, it's probably, I mean, probably the Stony Brook News would cover it because <laughs> they'll fucking cover anything. But
1: I mean, I know like, Stony Brook cares so much about the babysitters club, but I like was especially struck that, like, at the end when John's like, and I spread the word about this babysitting gig I would have on Saturday, like knowing that all she has to do is like mention that she's babysitting somewhere and like the town would take care of the rest. Like, oh, do you hear Dawn's gonna babysit at this yeah. place on this day? And like, the kids were gonna like get involved enough to be like set the trap. I, I think like the town is really involved in, in the babysitters club in a very unusual way
0: um well they have a proliferation of babies right there are more people under the age of 8 in stony brook than any other age group <laughs>
1: yeah
0: it's like the opposite of the handmaid's tale <laughs> <laughs>
1: but like equally dystopian
0: i mean equally dystopian but it's like it's like what what if the handmaid's tale but opposite like too many fucking babies
1: well i will say that like when i cause i read these books when i was like 10 i think and i was like Yes, like we need a babysitters club too, but you can't have a babysitters club with multiple girls in a in a regular town because there just aren't enough. Babies. Did you try to make one? Yeah, I did try I to, tried make to make one, make one too. I, I think a lot of girls probably did, and then I was like, oh, you need more babies. Sorry, and you need like a group of girls who are maybe twelve <laughs> to be willing to like regularly meet with you and, and just... like share business plan, and it's like that doesn't. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. So my props to Christy, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah you have to meet perfect. like every fucking day at five thirty on the dot.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: it kind of sounds like you guys are Shannon Kilborns. Oh uh, yeah. wow. <laughs> wow! Maybe maybe all all you have in you is the to be um, an associate um, member. You know.
1: Steve. thank you very much. Just because I couldn't pull it off in my own neighborhood. <laughs> I think I'm a Marianne. I think You're not is. a Marianne. I'm. I'm. I. I don't know. You have the the fashion sense of a Claudia. Thank you, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, we're like Tanner's obviously like a Claudia. Yeah. Um, we were talking about um ear hole hierarchy as well. Like that, that yeah. was like that came up a lot.
2: Oh, good. Oh, so, yeah. Do you guys have ear holes? Is that inappropriate? <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I have two. I mean, I, other
0: than the ones that everyone has.
1: Right, right. I have three. I have two in the. I got. Five four and they were I got them all done at once. It wow, was stupid. Wow. Yeah.
2: Four in how many ears?
1: Two. Okay. We called cool have four in one ear and yeah. none in the other. <laughs> yeah. I had my cartilage pierced when I was fifteen. I went to Catholic high school and um, it was like the, my most badass moment because I had just pierced it and I couldn't take it out. Otherwise, it would like heal over itself. And one of the nuns was like, "You got to take that out," and I was like, "Hell no," because then it'll heal. <laughs> and she made she like I got detention the only time in my entire life. And then she made me put a Band-Aid over it for weeks. <laughs> <God> <laughs> and, that,
0: and that's the most badass moment in your entire life?
1: My rebellion? That was my <laughs> <most> badass moment. <laughs>
0: that's good. That's good. You stood up to a nun. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have uh, one cartilage and then two regular old I, th- you yeah. know, old. I think I have the same as what Dawn has, which she says... I have two holes pierced in each ear and I'll wear whatever combination of earrings. I feel like when I get up in the morning, two in one ear, none in the other four non-matching earrings, whatever. Some of the other kids at school probably think I'm weird, but I don't really care. Wow. That is so cool. that is
0: cool. So I think what we've <laughs> determined is that th- the more the better, Hmm. In terms of the hierarchy, but an odd number is more powerful. Right, yeah. and asymmetry. Yeah, asymmetry is is important.
1: But that's how I know I'm a Christie is because I can't go asymmetrical.
0: Well, if you were a Christie, you would have no holes in your ears because Christie just can't get it together.
1: That was my um. <laughs> that was my burn of the week, guys. I, mean, <laughs> I was really excited to have a burn of the week. Um, you mean a. <gasps> <laughs> I was looking forward to that so much. Brendan, (laughs) my friend is like really jealous that I get to have a Burn of the Week with you guys. Um, (laughs) Can I read it to you?
2: Yeah. Yes, please.
1: It's it's one line. It's really simple, but it's just, when you dress like Christy, shopping isn't exactly a thrilling adventure. That's so mean. I love Dawn.
2: That's a very good Burn of the Week.
1: It's so rude. It's like, it's fine.
2: It's way better than mine. Mine was just that Mallory accidentally called her teacher mom.
1: (laughs) That is really embarrassing, <laughs> really embarrassing. Mine was also pretty bad. It was that well, it was Dawn talking about that four-year-old that she's babysitting. And she's like, a lot of the activities are too hard for him. The ones that involved reading or spelling. But, but the find the picture game was perfect. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> hard on that four-year-old. <laughs> but OK, wait, I want to talk about Christy's outfit or what they have, what they say about Christy, because I feel like there's some stuff. Oh, wait, that's if we're, where- we're
0: going to talk about Christy's outfit. I think that is a. <laughs> Claudia's closet. It's Claudia's closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Claudia's closet even when
1: it's Christy? Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> <outfit>. <laughs> okay. Um, so it says, I thought I had. I my... love that you
0: guys take notes. It's so nice. It's so nice to speak with other people who actually take and refer to their notes about <laughs> Yeah, I have Let me like, tell like... you. i got notes, Jack. I have
2: something here where they refer to someone as Squirt Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is sort of an addition to your and Ariana because it says, "While Marianne does have some cool clothes, as I mentioned before, Christy doesn't have any, and she doesn't care. She's happy expressing in jeans, a turtleneck, and sneakers, which she wears just about every day." Yeah, that's the
2: Christy. It's the Christy uniform.
1: <sighs> that's rough.
2: Yeah, it's also now in 2017 very trendy. Like,
1: yeah. Well, I you guys got into last week, which I felt like there was um, a number of pretty explicit references to in this book, is that Christy is obviously a lesbian. Like, obviously.
2: Well, that's like, that's a big fan theory, is that Christy is a lesbian, or like, grows up to be a lesbian. Maybe these kids haven't quite like, discovered sexuality yet, but everyone kind of like presupposes that Christy grows up to be a lesbian woman.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Do you think this outfit of hers betrays that?
1: I mean, everything about her. <laughs> Like, everything about her does. Her outfit, and um, it says she's not terribly interested in boys. And then she has her little beard boyfriend, Bart. (laughs) She doesn't like shopping, and she doesn't wear makeup. She is the softball captain or Mm -hmm. president or whatever. It's like, she's, and Martin isn't even trying to make it subtle.
0: I I like bringing Bart into this, because he's always described, like, with a thousand, like, hedging of bets (laughs) just like and she's going over to Bart's house and like if she were the kind of person to have a boyfriend (laughs) uh he would probably be that boyfriend but it kind of seems like they're just friends but who knows
1: who knows I I do wonder if this came out like 20 years later. If it would be like, Mark's if explicit. she would be allowed to be like, but I think, think the fact that they're 13 does, yeah. it's, like I don't know yeah. how ex- I think that, yeah, I think that, that she is as explicit as she can possibly get for them being the age that they that's are. True. I think there's a real
2: <laughs> opportunity for talented novel writers, uh, such oh. as yourselves to oh. modernize the babysitters club, bring them into the 2017, oh. make them in their <laughs> mid 30s,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: kind of explore what they're up to now as adults,
1: yeah. Well, my my friend um, Emily Weiss wrote a classic post for the hairpin that was the babysitter's like 10 or 15 years later oh. or something.
0: Oh, and it's that's good.
1: it's like perfect. Oh my Just, god, I have to look that up. It's spot on.
0: Well, this, this is a good thing for us to be talking about because Tanner and I agreed that, um, like when you have someone on your show, it's usually kind of a quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are coming on our show, which means I think that we get to write your next book.
1: yeah no that's yeah with you yeah yeah for sure
0: we'll
2: each write 3,000 words sounds like a lot we'll each write 500 words and then
0: pass yeah yeah we'll each do 500 words and you can do the rest
1: perfect yeah and then we'll have all of our names like in the cover and everything yeah even though they have 500 words yeah I mean we're on the podcast
0: what what do you think about public relations to babysitters (laughs) in the city
1: Oh, I love it. That's catchy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay,
2: yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. The girls can go start a, a public relations office, like a firm.
1: So our our protagonist is Rose Reed. She's a publicist. I think she's kind of a Christie. Do, do you think she's a Christie? She is a Christie with maybe some. I don't know. It's hard to really ever just pick one. I feel like she yeah. has some Marianne tendencies. She has some Claudia tendencies. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because like she's a merging of both of us yeah. and we both say we're Christy Christine Marianne. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. um,
0: and there's also a Snake
1: Boy loose. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I, did I miss that?
0: They watch Jesse and Becca watch a film.
1: Oh my god! Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: Called Snake Boy Loose in San Francisco.
1: Oh my god! Yes. So funny.
0: The plot sounds fucking amazing. Uh, Here, I've got it for you. There was a boy who had swallowed some chemicals by mistake and turned into a half-boy, half-snake creature. He ran (laughs) around the city, scaring women. This is like uh, pickup artist stuff. Yeah. Uh, While they hung out their wash or dusted their furniture. Uh, but then Snake Boy started to become more and more evil. He stalked a teenage girl, watching her as she walked home from school. He even hid in her closet and watched her while she did homework. His plan was to sneak some of the snake chemicals into her soda so that she would become a snake too, and he'd have companionship. Jesus, I think that's my tearful moment this week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's like the He-Man bad guy, King Hiss?
0: Oh, yeah. Tanner and I were talking about King Hiss yesterday. Look up a picture
2: of King Hiss, if you can, because he is – um. He's legs, man, legs
0: from like the waist down, and then just snakes. Everything else is snakes. Like his whole torso and arms and Ew. face are different snakes.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Which is like, it's, it's which quite, half? It's quite vague to say half boy, half. But then snake. I was. They said running around. <laughs> I took that as his top half is his snake, is snake, and the top half is bottom.
0: Oh yeah. Half, yeah, God, that is such good detective work. That's what that's what King Hiss is.
1: Yeah, this is creepy. Yeah, that looks right. Well, yeah, Limin so Nation,
0: we'll post a picture of King Hiss on our I Facebook. I
1: actually page. wrote um a an erotic fan fiction about a uh, half man, half eel. And it's in a book we even knew about you this. you wrote this? Yeah, yes. we did, we did. Um wow. for- yeah, for Shipwreck, which is like a really wonderful um, erotic fan fiction contest that is based in San Francisco. Oh, Jack, we should do that. Oh my God, I'll get you in touch with her. It's, it's the best. Um, but we won for a really fucking dirty, dirty erotic fan fiction about a half man, half eel. And so obviously, like, I'm in this weird place reading about Snake boys. It's like a young boy, it's inappropriate. But it's like, we wrote about like a very sexy man yeah. eel. <laughs> <What>? Like <laughs> eel, but also just like dip. Very long penis. <laughs> Uh-oh. There it goes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, and I think that there, that's a really phallic thing. So like, you have to be the opposite. Like you have to be like legs on bottom. Otherwise yeah. it is a very phallic uh, situation. But, yeah. and how do you get around, you know? Yeah. But this kingness is like pretty cool. Yeah. He's like all snakes. It's so funny. <laughs> this is a toy. <laughs> oh my God. that's oh, it's really funny.
0: Do you, you guys have any like closing thoughts about this novel before we talk a little bit about your novel?
1: Um, I just want to say that I think Bonzer Sheila is a really cool thing to say about a lady. It's actually uh,
0: pronounced Bonza Sheila. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that?
0: Bonza Sheila.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you
2: think it's a cool thing because it means uh, sexually attractive female kangaroo? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another more pickup artist language. Yeah. Yeah. True. Or we
0: can do we can have a sexy kangaroo meets sexy eel man. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we. I didn't know we would end up on like a weird like uh, faciality. I suspected. I suspected. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's basically that was Tanner's only note that he took. <laughs> tell tell the Baby Nation a little bit about your hit novel, Public Relations. What they can expect from it? Uh, it's out already, right? It's out now.
1: It is out now. Anywhere you can buy books. Um, it's it's a kind of classic. Rom-com. It's about a young woman who's a publicist, um, and she takes on a client who is this international British sexy pop star to kind of set up a fake romance between him and a very cool up and coming young singer. But then, of course, it catches some feelings. So what happens? So then she has to balance her professional ambition with mm-hmm. her uh, growing feelings. And it's, you know, hilarity and romance ensue. It's. We can very confidently say it's a very fun read. It's It's a good summer book. It's a good escapist, very fun read. Yeah.
0: And the and the snake people are they all snake people or or oh it's like they're all snake people so it's not.
1: You kind of like read between the lines, but like, you it's there for sure. It's there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't have that context. I've been reading it, and it 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 doesn't. I mean, you wouldn't, right? In a world of snake people, you wouldn't be like, (laughs) we're all snake people. You just like,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. actually, I think we probably don't describe anyone's um, legs for that reason. But, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good novelistic technique. <laughs> that, well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited.
0: That's it. Now, now via audio wizardry, um, I'm going to bring back in uh, me and Tanner again, continuing to talk. Katie
2: and Ariana, sorry about the, um, frankly, offensive impressions we do of you.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: And that's what you've just heard, Baby Nation. (laughs) Who is who? (laughs) Babies and gentlemen, we are back. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. It's Jack and Tanner. Katie and Ariana are gone. They
2: have retreated to the murky abyss at the edge of our universe.
0: Yeah, at the end of that interview, I don't know if you could hear it at the end there. I don't know how the audio quality was, but they both... uh, became beings of pure ether yeah it was this there was this blinding flash of what i can only describe as the most perfect pink color yeah baby nation
2: it was (laughs) no joke it was the most beautiful thing i'd ever seen (laughs) i
0: wept i'm honestly still still in tears i wish that this were a visual medium i have tears streaming down my face yeah Uh, it was gorgeous um Oh, Jack, it was so
2: great being with you here today. It was so great talking uh, to Katie and Ariana. Yeah. Uh, I ooh. have been Tanner can Green I, um, Ring.
0: Can I uh, cut in on you for a second? uh, uh we promised the baby nation that we were going to come back and sing them to sleep oh um, and cats in the cradle and the silver no, 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 no,
2: spoon no, 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 no little boy blue and the man on the moon
0: i think any although you sound good any singing you can do after the heavenly choir that they just experienced for probably 25 minutes uh, is is going to be a real letdown. So what I mean by seeing them to sleep is we're going to talk a little bit more about this book. There's more in this text that I want to delve into.
2: Uh, <laughs> okay.
0: All right, you want to do that? Yeah. All right, I've got a few thoughts. I've got a few good thoughts.
2: What I'll tell you me? what I want to talk about. Okay. You and I'd love to do with you right now? What? Lay one on. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Anne's just making up Australian expressions now. (laughs) Yeah. She did it twice in this book. Uh, I can't do a very good Ben, but I'm gonna try my best.
0: Yeah.
2: Here, I can get that, said Ben, taking the bag from my arms. He turned to Mal. Do you wanna come in for a snack? I'm (laughs) sure Mum's laid one on, he said to her. (laughs) Do you wanna do can you do a better job of it? It's the very last Line of chapter one.
0: of the, uh, You want me to repeat what you said? I think you can
2: do a better Ben Hobart than I can.
0: No, yours was fucking good as hell. The other thing that Ben Hobart says is he refers to Mal as a bonza sheila. Yeah, a real bonza sheila. Uh,
2: she's a real bonza sheila. It's just gibberish, Ann. <laughs> you can't just make stuff up. I mean, uh, you made up Dibbly and Distant and all that,
0: but... Um, Bonza Sheila I mean, our Australian listeners can weigh in here Bonza apparently means um, good very good yeah attractive and Sheila means female kangaroo right so Ben Hobart Mallory's uh suitor apparently he, he, he lays one on were, by
2: calling her a bonza Sheila
0: he lays one on by calling her a very attractive female kangaroo right and Mal is like uh ah, I'll take it <laughs> yeah. bonzer. Uh, bonzer, Bonzer, Bonzer Sheila. No, but in Australian, as the the per, as the the owner of the better Australian accent of the two of us, yeah. which is not to say that it's good. You don't you don't pronounce that R. I you can't do bonzer any Bonzer Sheila, Bonzer Sheila. I'm here to talk to you in an Australian accent. It sounds more um, South African. Well, I, I love I I, lo- I love the spring spring books. They're my favorite rugby team. Oh, I can't do... I That's South African. South African. Do New Zealand. No, that's too close to Australian. No, it's different enough. Okay, fine. I'm from New Zealand. You're a real Bonza Sheila. No, you're just doing Australia. <laughs> Let, let's you're- put some, some of those New Zealand shrimps on the barbie. Yeah. Peter Jackson. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um, there was some Lord of the Rings stuff in this book just the hamster called Frodo. The, so the last book that we read had some Lord of the Rings stuff in it, the last mystery. It's called Stacy and the Missing Ring, and this one ring that Stacy finds right. like controls all of the babysitters and right. makes them turn against themselves. Oh in yeah, book, we
2: agreed that we would look for a sacred object,
0: Yeah, a, yeah an object
2: I, of great power in every book.
0: Yeah, so in the last novel, we decided that what's probably happening in these mysteries is that Anne is describing to us the secret artifacts that she uses, that she finds in alternate universes. I swear to you, this is all in the text. To, yeah, no, no, to, no. To enhance her power so that she can keep these babysitters trapped in a permanent twilight of 13 I'm years looking old. through my
2: notes. I don't think I captured any specific items. I do have something about Amber Theory, though. Okay. There's some time dilation stuff happening. Okay. I'm interested. Know what? Asked Jamie as I cleaned up after our snack. I had to stay home from nursery school yesterday. Oh, really? I asked. I happen to know that Jamie had been at nursery school the day before because Mrs. Newton mentioned it when she called to arrange this job. But I also know that Jamie calls anything in the recent past yesterday and anything in the future tomorrow. Yeah. So I figured he was talking about a day last week when Mrs. Newton said he'd had a touch of the flu. So that, yeah. I
0: wonder if it's... It's possible that like the kids in this universe who are like closer to innocence well, and closer to the babysitters and, and closer to the babysitters perceive time in the way that it's actually happening. Do you think so?
2: I'm not quite sure.
0: Like see No, I think they I think the kids are also kind of perceiving
2: time slowly. Like to Jackie or to to Jamie Newton, one day is any amount of time, an eternity could be one day. Right. The entire past Everything that came before fits into one day yesterday. Right. Everything that will be the entire future is tomorrow.
0: Right. And so th- this kind of explains Jackie Radowski, if that's the case, because we haven't gotten to the bottom of why Jackie Radowski, ba- new baby bees, Jackie Radowski slips in and out of time. I do not have time to explain it. No. Um, you're just going to have to trust us on this we haven't gotten to the bottom of why this is happening to him. It may be that his mind just broke. Like... Jamie is able to just kind of conceptualize it and he's like, Okay, whatever. Like all of the vast expanse of future stretching out in front of me is tomorrow and all of the vast expanse of the past stretching out behind me is yesterday. And I just like we're all we're all timeless. We're all timeless beings floating in a timeless void. But Jackie Radowski, like, either he was too smart or not smart enough, or like his brain just wasn't wired the right way and it broke him. And he's like and because of that like the fact that time has no meaning in Stony Brook, the fact that like every year is the same year in Stony Brook, they're always 13 again. Uh right. just broke just broke Jackie at some point and he was like and he started slipping in and out of of universes and times. And like this temporal I think plane. I found the sacred object. Oh my god, I was so fucking pleased cuz I was really just Here my notes. It's kind of stolen for
2: you there. Uh what did you find? Um David, Michael, and Karen, and Dawn are playing Please Let's All Come In. Oh, wow, yeah. David Michael walked up to the desk and rang the bell. Yes, asked Karen. May I help you? I'm Bruce Stringbean, (laughs) said David Michael, giggling. I'm a big rock and roll star, and I need a room for me and my manager and all my friends. Do you think Bruce Stringbean,
0: the Stringbean, is maybe (laughs) the object? Let me just make sure I got you right here. Yeah. In the first of these novels which are about ancient artifacts that control space and time in different ways. The artifact in question is a powerful ring, right. much like the one ring that rules them all, the one ring that binds them, the one ring that brings them all. And in the darkness finds them from Lord of the Rings. Right. And in the second novel, the sequel, the Ancient artifact that controls space and time that is powerful beyond means is a a a string bean. It's a string bean called Bruce
2: String Bean. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. That's just all I have. I don't have <laughs> anything else. I'm not sure what else it could be. Yeah, I don't know, man.
0: I well, we fucking I, we dropped the goddamn ball on this. There's a sus- there's a suspicious GI Joe. There is a suspicious GI Joe, and you know what I fucking did. Uh, I looked up uh, the new run of G.I. Joe's in 1991, but there were a lot that came out then. There was a new version of The Bat. Did it
2: seem like it um, was shaped in a way that it could be used in sex play?
0: Oh, not not except in the sense that all G.I. Joe's could, but I know, I know why you said Sorry, that. Sorry, why do you think all G.I. Joe's could be used in sex play? Because they're like... 'Cause they're fucking sweet, man. Like there's like the cobras. Like <laughs> like there's the whole cobras. Listen, hang on, hang on. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Let I me tell you Jeff. why. Because you're gonna make me feel bad. I, I wanna tell you why. I wanna get this out. It's not that I'm like a, a like I have a weird G.I. Joe thing. fetishist. But there's it's
2: not But I just like to masturbate onto G.I. Joe oh, dolls. Listen, there's the there's what? the Cobras,
0: right? There's the, all of the Cobras, uh-huh. but also there's the dreadnoughts, right? And right. those guys are fucking cool as hell and they kind of they like follow Destro and they like do their own fucking thing. And yeah, there's also Serpentor this. and like Serpentor's dudes. So it's not like even within the fucking bad like G. I. Joe's, there's like all these factions. And then on the other side, you've got the Joes, right? But then you've got these like fucking freelancers like Snake Eyes and Yeah, but like fucking like how do they feel when they're, like, inside of you? Well, that depends. You know? Are you talking about Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow? Like, it's different. like going to go is down blind. the easiest. <laughs> Don is writing a letter to Jeff
2: in California. Yeah. I told Jeff the latest news about the neighborhood and about our mother. Mom actually cleaned out the refrigerator the other day, I wrote. <laughs> our mom isn't the world's best housekeeper. Guess what she found? <laughs> that G.I. Joe you lost when you were visiting. I'll send it soon. Please don't. Just throw it away. Just toss it.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need I it. don't need it.
2: Got a new one. I'm good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, new baby bees? Uh, this, is a, this is substantiated in the text. Uh, and I want to uh, preface this by saying that Tanner and I are – well, sorry. The BSCC Limited, our company, is very sex positive. Right. We're not personally. Hey, Baby Nation. Yeah. Stick a G.I. Joe wherever the hell you want. Yeah, you put that G.I. Joe wherever you want. You know what? Put two of them. Like, I used to, when I collected G.I. Joes, I bought a bunch of Cobra Vipers and a bunch of bats because, like, in the TV show, even though, like, you don't, you only need one, like, it's weird to buy many of the same. Character, right, right, right. In the TV show, there you, are like you had a lot of holes. There are filled. dozens of cobra vipers. No, no, no. Right. I I didn't and never have put them inside me. But uh-huh. I'm ok if somebody wanted to. But if you want to, baby nation, you should. And if you, you should, yeah, baby
2: nation, if you take anything away, wait, from what this is episode, sex positive? It's that you should put cobra vipers in your
0: butt? Is that that's what sex positive is?
2: Yeah. Now we've learned. Do new. it now.
0: <laughs> we'll wait.
2: Don't think, just do.
0: We'll fucking wait. <laughs> um. So we are po- very sex positive. This isn't necessarily how uh, we do do our sex. Sex doing? No. When we do sex, no. We're sex embarrassed. Yeah, we're sex embarrassed. Like but we've Baby heard Sitter's of it. Nation. We've read Baby about Sitter's it. Babysitters Club Club LLC yeah. is sex sex positive. positive. Yeah. Um. Good. I think we've got all of that out. But it is the case, Baby Nation. And new baby bees, specifically that Dawn's mother and Marianne's father, Mister Spear. The only way they can finish uh, is refrigerator-related. Refrigerator play it
2: involves using things from the kitchen in their lovemaking. Yeah, usually kind of getting other kind of foreign objects involved: yep. shoes, yeah, spaghetti tongs,
0: GI Joe dolls, yeah, whatever you want. Yep. Woo. Um, dude, did you hear that Goldfishy and Crystal Light II are getting married? I know! <laughs> what? I'm so excited! Woo! That's the breaking news from this book,
2: Baby Nation. I can't wait until that book. Yeah. Karen's Goldfish, Goldfishy, and Crystal Light II are getting married! Woo!
0: You fucking kidding do, me? Do, 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 <laughs> do, do, do. And just drop that bomb on us. She just snuck it in there yeah, too. She just threw it in there. This book is called Beware Dawn. Boy, I sure hope we will have talked a lot about what happens in this book with Katie and or Ariana. God, we'll have to. We'll have to because we didn't talk. <laughs> <Because> we didn't <laughs> about much uh, here. Uh, but one of the things that happens is that Goldfishy and Crystal Light the Karen Brewer's Goldfisher finally tied the knot.
2: And what if that's that all Katie and Ariana want to talk about <laughs> for the entire like forty-five
0: minutes we're talking to them? Oh man, that's gonna be brutal. We're gonna have yeah. to keep warning them off. Like, okay, well, cool. <laughs> um, that was some great goldfish chat. Uh, oh, Jackie was in this book.
2: Oh, uh, no, oh, oh! You just want to keep talking okay. about Crystal Light the Second? Let's, okay, yeah, yep. I think, yeah, no, I think she probably will wear something beautiful. <laughs> <sighs> oh. No, I'm not. I'm not sure which side of the chapel Karen will sit on. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she's got. They're both
0: her goldfish, you know.
2: Maybe she'll officiate. Yeah. Oh no, you think they'll go with a rabbi? Okay.
0: Uh... <laughs> hey Tanner, yeah. uh, let's uh, get the fuck out of here. Okay. What do you think? Good. Um,
2: We've got to get to that interview with Katie and Ariana. No,
0: uh, we already did it.
2: No. <laughs> I think I would have remembered that. Um, just in case we couldn't get it together to make that happen, should we just yeah. do like a quick outro with them as well?
0: Sure, if you if you need to. Um all right. Thank you for having us. You guys are very welcome. I really hope that um that uh, now that your book is out, a lot of people are going to buy it. They're going to learn a lot about the art of pubic relations. I know the exact date that you will die on
1: check. <laughs>
0: <Jack>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, sh- I see you <laughs> Shut it down. Shut the whole <laughs> fucking thing down. <laughs> um, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. This week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. I have been Tanner Daniel Greenring. This week... And we have been Katie and Ariana. This week we read a book, a Babysitter's Club A Mystery, called Beware Dawn. Um, and next time we read a mystery, Baby Nation, we're going to read a book called Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Even though this was just a mystery, uh, you're not off the hook. Please do rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast right. on Facebook the hit podcast network, iTunes. And,
2: and, and go out and buy pubic relations (laughs) by Katie Haney and
0: Ariana Rebellini. Yeah. (laughs) Go out and get it. It'll be, it's like doing sex on Harry Styles himself. It's very fun. Um, it really is. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful novel. You will, um, you will enjoy it. Um, Guys, that's it. That's
2: 10th, 20, 50, That's
0: actually pretty good, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. We're in. All Hack right. the planet. Acid burn. Acid burn. Crash override. Girl hacker. That's acid burned. Oh. You're bad at this game. I already named two hackers from hackers. and There's I... only
2: two hackers in hackers.
0: No, they're not. They have like a whole crew.
2: <laughs> You're literally already Man Googling? No
0: haven't even started talking that was a hate podcast